Well, hello. Welcome to Leesburg Talk Podcast. Sitting around the table today, we've got Maddie. Yo. Sammy. Studio. <laughs> uh, Courtney. Hey. And myself. <laughs> sitting broadcasting today from Studio 1A of Podcast Central. Yes. It is a great day to be alive. <laughs> it is. Here on the hilltop. Here on the hilltop. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so uh, today we are... First of all, let's talk about this series we're in. We're in a series called Get Healthy. And uh, Sammy, you're really pushing us to eat well and do setups. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, more crunches you can do, the better off. The better. Wait a minute. That's not what That's it is. That's not it. That's not it. So we're not talking about physical health. What are we talking about in this series? Talking about um, uh, ultimately spiritual health, but that has the tie-ins of our emotional well-being and... Um, personality issues that we deal with, um, attitude, perspective on life, Mm -hmm. all that which God gives us um, parameters for and how to have the right outlook on everything. But we get sideways because of experiences or influences that we allow to dominate. So we've talked about guilt and we've talked about how we either have too much of it or we don't have enough. Mm-hmm. And then this past week we talked about the issue of resentment, which actually is probably <clears throat> my favorite one of the topics. You love resentment? Yes, I love resentment. <laughs> I love feeling resentful. Uh, no, it's a, it's a big deal. Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of funerals, for example, and uh, a lot of times families are divided over resentment mm-hmm. that is really needless and it doesn't help anything. Yeah. Um, or in, in other issues as well, you know, but, you know, resentment can really devastate not only a marriage and a home, which certainly is a priority, but it can devastate a church because that carries over into ministry and, and, uh, you know, uh, somebody else gets a little accolade or some recognition or somebody feels like their toes were treaded on because that was their area of service and somebody did something and you get all that kind of thing going on. I'm very thankful. We really have a very minimal amount of that here. Yeah. Um, but we work at it very hard trying to thwart it and, and push it aside and stay focused on our mission. Um, but you can get carried away into it really quick. Resentment's one of those things that, uh, um, I don't know, there's some type of quote, something about it's like a poison that only poisons the poisoner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like resentment's one of those things that, well, it does nothing really to the other person. It'll it eat you up. harm to you. Yeah, it'll eat it you just, up. It just rots you. It erodes, it erodes you. And I think we've all been in a situation uh, where we've had to deal with resentment. What was it somebody said to me years ago? If you're worried about what other people think of you all the time, you might be surprised to realize how seldom they often do. <laughs> yeah. They don't yeah. they don't yeah. think it'd be very often. But you know, people get caught up in all that. You know, just he said, she said, and what do they mean by that? And I don't have time for it. So so real quick then, if we're struggling with resentment, what's how can we deal with that resentment? Well, scripturally speaking, we talked just briefly about this last weekend is that uh, like any issue that we have, particularly spiritual, um, the first things we got to admit it. James says we're to confess our sins to each other so that we can be healed. Mm-hmm. Part of the healing, getting healthy, shot in the arm, the whole thing we've been dealing with this whole year is about you got to face up to the fact that you have an issue with that. 
you know, and you say, well, how do I know? Well, it's not too hard. Are you bitter? Uh, are you negative? Um, you know, do a little bit of an evaluation. What's the feedback that other people around you have been saying, you know, with regard to, you know, do, do you walk in a room and the room empties? Mm, yeah. <laughs> there could be a lot of reasons for that, but a lot of times it's just because people who are negative repel. Yeah. And, uh, if you're if you have that personality, then you probably need to do a little bit of a gut check. So you need to do that. You need to confess it. And Courtney, what else would you suggest? I'll let you chime in on this. Well, I I've noticed that you've been giving some pretty practical checks of like, um, are you ignoring what you think, storing it away, and then you have a gut reaction that you're not responding to later. Uh, those are like that's the inception of resentment. Mm-hmm. And so some of these. Things I feel like it's hard for people to give it the name resentment, but it's the thing they keep fighting about or the thing that keeps them up at night. And and really to look more practically, what is it that you are doing or not doing that is leading you here? Mm-hmm. It has been kind of a nice clarifying thing to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a big issue in a lot of families, a lot of homes, a lot of marriages. Oh yeah. And, you know, the crazy part of it is it's so self-destructive. And I think that's what I was trying to lean into this past week. You've already touched yeah. on it just briefly. But it's it's not just self-destructive in a spiritual way. It's really self-destructive in a physical way mm-hmm. in talking about your health. It, it can really make you miserable person in, physically. I mean, you know. And um, there's a lot of mental health uh, issues as well. But. Yeah. One of the easiest ways to see where resentment impacts us largely is is in marriages. I mean, we see resentment is, you know, of course, we rarely identify it as resentment, mm-hmm. but it's when that person, your spouse, hasn't lived up to whatever usually unvoiced expectations that you have for them, and then you start to resent, and that kind of builds up and builds up and builds up, and then it comes out in statements like, well, you always... And you nevers, yeah. you know, um, and so that's one of the areas where where resentment starts to build up and it erodes the marriage because because mm-hmm. it you know, what could be just an isolated situation or issue, it 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 spreads and starts to pollute every aspect of a relationship, yeah. and so. But and you so, know, John, I I counsel with a couple last night. I'm getting ready to marry, and that was one of the things that I told them. I said, I'm going to tell you guys straight up. I'll save you weeks of going to a counselor. If you think that you're going to marry this other person and you're going to depend on them to make you happy, you need to you need to just cancel the marriage right yeah. now. This person does not have the ability to make you happy. That's right. Now, can you be happy together? Certainly. But if you don't get up and like who you are when you look in the mirror in the morning, mm-hmm. you're never going to like anybody around you. That's right. Because that person does not have the ability to fulfill you in a way that only God can fulfill you. Yeah. I just truly believe that yeah, with all my heart. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, our job is not to make our spouse happy. One of the one of my favorite books on marriage that I've read in the past couple of years is a book called Sacred Marriage, and the the idea of it is what if marriage? You know, we often think about marriage as you know a happy marriage, happy marriage, happy marriage. But the author talks about I don't know who it is. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he talks about uh, what if marriage isn't about making you happy, and it's more about making you holy. And the, yeah, yeah. I mean, that changed the way I. Look at marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I can't expect my spouse to make me happy, uh, but as I surrender to self on a daily basis, 
put the needs of her first and our family first. Um, I find that I, I'm leaning into the principles of the Bible that, you know, for, for me, it's, you know, what God's called me to be as a man. Uh, uh, and, uh, and that brings holiness in our, in our home. And so mm. that's a, that, that, but what's that's interesting, every time I have a couple that sets before me that's going through a tough time, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, uh, the, I'm not happy mm-hmm. in this relationship. Yeah. Well, what are you depending on to make you happy? Yeah, that's right, yeah. If it's him or if it's her, you're out of luck. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's just not going to work. Yeah. And they always seem taken back by that because for some reason we think that's what it's about. Yeah. And it just really isn't. If you're not happy with who you are, you're never going to be happy with someone else. That's right. You just can't do it. And then I, I also touched on the fact that, you know, we have a lot of people today, and I think it's been a polarizing thing from church, is that people are resentful toward God. They feel like God's given them an unfair shake in life, or they've had undue issues that God has somehow zapped them or allowed this to happen to them. I have this conversation almost weekly with people, someone. That says, I don't get it. Why, if God's so good and loving, why is and what they fail to understand is, is that in the broken world in which we live, He immediately went to work to fix it all, and did through yeah. His Son for permanent, not just temporarily, but for a permanent fix. Yeah. And it's really hard to get people to see beyond right now in this moment. My feeling is, I have pain or I'm hurt. So then, we've got to confess our resentment. We've got to we've got to confess that to God. Sometimes that's going to require having a hard conversation with those that we hold resentment toward, and saying, "Hey, I'm having a hard time." Yada yada yada. Um, so sometimes it's addressing that that conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, who is it says if you got a grievance with a brother or sister, uh, leave your 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 offering at the at the at the temple. Go and resolve mm-hmm. that before you come back and make an offering. And so, um, so sometimes you've got to address that with, with whoever you, you're holding and harboring resentment toward. Uh, and ultimately, then, uh, you've got to kind of just release that resentment. And, and it, it's really a posture of trust. A lot of people say, well, I love God. I trust God. But, but do I trust him enough to say, okay, God, you're going to have to deal with that because I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I, I reminded some people yesterday at a funeral that I presided over. I said, uh kind of an unusual thing. I'm at the graveside and I said, uh, <clears throat> this is how I started it out. Last week <clears throat> on Saturday afternoon, Kentucky Wildcats played Tennessee Vols. Now the guy that passed away was a sports fan. So I said, he'll appreciate this or would appreciate this. And I said, I had a wedding that I had to go to. So I didn't get to watch a game and I haven't missed a many, many games at all in 35 years watching UK. So Thanks to technology, I can record it on my DVR and I can watch it later. So we set up the DVR and we were going to watch it when we got back home later that night. So usually I tell people, don't tell me the score of the games because I want to watch it. Well, as soon as I walked in the church where the wedding was, a guy grabbed me my arm and he said, hey, did you see Kentucky wax Tennessee, beat them by 15 at Knoxville, da 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 And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> So Sheree was not around me at that time, and I didn't tell her. He told me. So we go home. She goes, you want to watch the game? And I said, yeah, I'll turn it on. So she turns on the game, and we're watching the first 10 or 15 minutes. She goes, what's wrong with you? And I said, what do you mean? She said, I have never heard you be this quiet during a University of Kentucky game. And I kind of just sat there for a minute, and finally I confessed to her. I said, I already know the score of the game. And then it hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks, and this is what I shared with that family yesterday. <clears throat> 
when you know how the story ends, peace can prevail through whatever's happening today. Mm, that's good. And I thought, when you know who, I said, you know, one of the reasons we can have peace with God in whatever we're facing in the game of life, if we know how it turns out and we win and we're on the winning team, doesn't that do a lot to thwart the overreaction of emotion that we have in all this pettiness that we get caught up in every day? And I thought, man, that's a key thing. We need to hone in on that a little bit more. Definitely. So I, I was sharing that with him yesterday. But, you know, I, I just think that a lot of it is because we don't have a good eternal perspective. That's my point. If we had the proper eternal perspective, a lot of the stuff that we struggle with every day, resentment, all this, it would go away. It would just it just becomes a, such a minor thing in the bigger scheme of things. That's so good. anyway, that's good. I had enough said. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, it's kind of moving right along. Uh, move right along there. Um, we have launched a new thing called Text the Church. And what? Text the Church. Uh, and and so here's the thing, listener. If you you're probably listening on your phone, uh, take your phone out, save our church phone number in your phone. That's eight five nine two three four zero zero eight zero. And with that number, you can text all kinds of things uh, 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 to engage with the ministry here. Um, uh, one of the most important things, Courtney, is texting the word me to that number. What does texting me do? Yeah, texting uh, me is going to send you a link where you can edit all of your family information or your personal information. And that helps us get stuff to you. And um, yeah, so if you haven't done that in a while or if you're fresh and you haven't done it ever, <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and text me to that number. Yeah, and that, that's not in text Courtney. That's text the word. I M. said text me to that. I know. I'm just oh. saying. <laughs> the, the other thing that's cool is um, uh, checking in using that service. Mm -hmm. And so, can you talk to us about how that check in works? Yeah. So you can also text check or check in to two three four zero zero eight zero, and that will um, open up a link for you to check your kids in. Or if you're serving in our kids wing, you can uh, check yourself in before you get here. And that way, like the stuff's already printed off for you when you walk Yeah, in the you'll door. just show up, we'll take your temp, and you get a label. Awesome. Fantastic. One of the other really cool things that we're texting right now is the word now. N-O-W. N-O-W. Not N-W-O. Because <laughs> yeah. that's something different. Yeah. Um, but N-O-W, now. Uh, Courtney, that's a ref that's a wrestling reference. Reference, yeah. No, to, I, to I know. I oh, took okay. me a second to get there, though. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, when you do that, you're, you're you're going to be able to take a brief survey no. because a lot of people want to be engaged in church. They don't know how. They want to be immobilized and be a part. This is going to expedite that situation a lot because as soon as we find out your areas of interest and giftedness, then we're going to be able to connect you with someone who's going to be able to plug you into a particular ministry to mm -hmm. use in those gifts, utilize those gifts and fulfill you at the same time. So take a few moments and do that, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a big, it's going to be a big deal. And it's a big deal because it kind of goes along with uh, a, a mission or a vision that we launched in January uh, called just one. Mm -hmm. And the idea of just one is if, if each, uh, if each of us, uh, the ministry here at Leesburg, if we all took the, the goal of, of, of sharing Jesus with just one person, what kind of impact could that make in our, in our world, in our community? And I, I, it's undeniable that our communities 
uh, need Jesus. Um, and, and so that's kind of the goal, and, and getting involved and mobilized through the texting now is going to help us kind of kind of put some feet onto that mission and uh, accomplish that. Um, well, as we're talking about getting healthy, yeah. this makes the body of Christ healthy because yeah. everybody, the more people you have participate in utilizing their gifts, the more strong it becomes, and it becomes more vital in the community. So yeah. it's just simple. So let's talk for a few minutes about really possibly the hardest thing about this, and that is it might be easy, for example, to sign up to help in children's ministry to make sure that, you know, it's in our children's ministry, for example, it's not just um, babysitting kids. Right. What we're doing is we're we're putting foundation, uh, foundation uh, level in our children, so that as they grow up and get older, they can look back and they can be rooted in uh, the church and ministry and and uh, a foundation from a biblical point of view. Um, so it's not just childcare; it's 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 putting roots in children, right? Which is huge. Uh, that's one thing. But for me to share Jesus outside of of organized ministry like Leesburg is a little harder. So, so this just one campaign is the idea of me sharing Jesus with someone else who doesn't know Jesus. And that's scary for a lot of people, isn't it? So let's talk for a few minutes about how, how we could share Jesus with other people. Well, I've been criticized for what I'm about to tell you. I love it already. Yeah. And, you know, so be it. Um, but I also in turn would like to ask, okay, then what method are you using that's working? There you go. Yeah. You know, proof's in the pudding, right? So here's what I suggest. I, I think we get too formatted on thinking about sharing Jesus. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. That means, well, I guess I got to know scripture and I got to be able to quote things and tell them how the, what the plan of salvation is. See, I don't think it means that at all. No. That's part of it, and you can get there in a conversation eventually. But if you really want to be impactful in sharing Jesus, the, the simplest way to do this is share your story. Yeah. When you have a conversation with somebody, and I do this every day with people, every single day in public with people, do it every day, they will say to me, man, you know, um, uh, my mom's got cancer or whatever and are dying. And, I say, and, and then I start saying, well, you know, I remember when my mom was dying. And when I we, we were going through that, and one of the things I want to make sure is that she was at peace with that in her eternity, you know. And they'll say, really, how, well, you know, maybe ask a question about that. And then I can share the story of what it is that I, I had happen in that event. I do this kind of thing with people all the time. It's just sharing, you know, your story of what it is that's been impactful. That will lead you down the road to a conversation that is more specific about, you know, engaging in a relationship with Christ. I just think we jump way too far ahead and it turns people off. If you, if you go up to someone that you barely have an acquaintance with and you start saying, uh, let me tell you about Jesus. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm being in ministry my whole life. And if somebody comes up to me, I shut them down mentally. I don't want, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear what it's done to change your life. So tell me something about you that'll build the credibility mm-hmm. then to talk about who he is in you, in your life. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And I just think we've just gotten this. This is just my, and I've been criticized for that. You know, I've been, I've been, 
I had somebody this past week that was a little critical of me on that. And they, huh? It was me. It was you. No, it wasn't you. But it was someone who, who is all the time, they do it in front of me a lot. They will say to someone that we just meeting or talking or close to, they'll say, uh, Hey, won't you go to church with me Sunday? That's how they do it. Well, well he's and he's the preacher, and I'm like that's not necessarily bad. It, it's not necessarily bad to invite, but when you don't know someone yeah. and you have no credibility with them on any level, it makes me cringe a little bit yeah. when people do that. Well, I, I, because I want to say, until they have some confidence that you care about them, yeah. they don't care about that at all. Yeah. And so I, I know it's a slower process. But I've had pretty good success with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, w- w- in what you shared there, it reminds me of John chapter four, and Jesus at the well uh, uh, in Samaria with yeah, the Samaritan sure. woman, and so G- Jesus goes and he, uh, he he meets her there at the well, and um, uh, there's a lot that could be said about how he shares who he is with her, um, but if you look at her response, like if we put our ourselves in her position, right? Uh, Jesus has changed our lives in a multitude of different ways. We could all testify to that. Uh, we could all look back in some area and say uh, how my life is different because of what Jesus has done. Her response to now knowing Jesus is is come come meet the guy, right? And and that's what that's that was her mode of operations to share Jesus with other people. Hey, come come meet the guy who told me everything about my life. He knows me. Right. He 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 knows me, and he and it, look look what's happened. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? It is. Yeah. So so meeting people and and um, as they talk, finding ways to to navigate that conversation in a meaningful way. Yeah. I I just think you know the days of knocking on a door. Yeah. And saying, or, 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 I'm here to share Jesus with you, and here's a track and four yeah. steps to know yeah. that you're going or, to heaven. Or, or knock, knock, knock. If you were to die today, where would you go? <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. That's probably not the best way. You know, one of, the, one, one of my favorite ways to kind of weave that conversation, um, it, it, it's easy to have a conversation with anyone today and, and have a negative spin to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. People are, you know, there's all kinds of things to complain about. In life. Sure. Whether it's cancer and uh, the death or looming death of a loved one, or it's, you know, the economy or whatever. Uh, in any of those conversations, in the context of a relationship, um, you know, you can find a way to say, man, I get that. I get, like, it it, it, it sucks that, you know, so-and-so is, is dying and that's, it's a hard thing. And, you know, it, it sucks now, but, but when we think about the fact that that's not the way it's supposed to be and we can kind of weave and, and start talking about um, who God is in that conversation as well. Does that make sense? Well, like I even use, I, I always use questions yeah. to do that. Um, I will say, I will make a statement, something like in a context like that and say, you know, I have never been afraid of dying, which is true. Mm-hmm. I'm just not afraid of death to my discredit sometimes. <laughs> I do stupid things, but I'm not, I'm not afraid to die. And that will get, that will elicit yeah. a response. Well, well, why not? Yeah. Everybody's afraid of death. So yeah. And then I'll say, well, are you? Well, yeah. Everybody's afraid of death, Sammy. And then, you know, I just kind of let them talk. Yeah. What part of that are you afraid of? Yeah. What are you, what do you want to live for? 
mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I just think that is much more of an engaging yeah. way of dealing. I think as Christ followers, this is who we are. It's going to come out. So the number one thing we can do is keep showing up and being with these people because it shows that like it comes out of us. Yeah. So if we're if we're living for the right things, like some of the tactics are really skillful. And I think over time you get there, you learn how to do that. Um, but if your thing is I don't meet people or the obstacle is being an extrovert and knocking on people's doors is never going to be your thing. Maybe maybe it shouldn't. Maybe showing up and meeting one person. I feel like just one is the best way I've ever heard this done because I think I can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the. That's the amazing thing about the just one thing is is I think for me as a a Christian that talks about Jesus to people, uh, it always works better when I've built some form of relationship with them. Of even if it's even just a in passing, they know who I am, I know who they are, uh, and we get, we strike up a conversation. We at least have some common ground, um, and then like like for example like. I got to know both sides like of my house, the neighbors that live on both sides of my house. Got to know them a little bit. One side are not really churchgoers at all. One side, they are churchgoers. Um, and, but the ones that aren't churchgoers, I got to marry this year. Mm-hmm. You know, And it, that just came from striking up conversations while we were taking out the garbage. Mm-hmm. And through that wedding, I got to talk to them about Jesus when they don't, they don't, none of them historically have gone to church. They don't know much about church. And that was my, that was an end that came from just, just yeah. get, just talking to somebody for five minutes and asking them questions about their day. And, uh, so I think you, you know, figure out a way to build a relationship with one person and you never know how that's going to end up. Uh, there's always an opportunity somewhere. And, um, I think the challenge for us, Maddie, is is our challenge as a staff is a little different from the typical sure. congregant. And what I mean by that is is that our challenge is probably just putting ourselves in a position where we're around people yeah. who aren't right. Christian. Yeah. Whereas our congregants actually have the opposite issue. They're around in the workforce every day, probably bombarded. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of a different angle yeah. there that we got to think about. I mean, we... We as a staff cannot, you know, just collectively be together all the time, be together all the time and, uh, you know, and expect the outcome to be fruitful in winning people to Christ because you got to be around people that you can have influence with. On the other hand, the danger of being out there in the world is, is that it, you don't influence it, it influences you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So So there's a balance. Yeah, there's a balance. It's, It's all about balance. So you need you need Christ follower friends, and you need yeah. to have influence in people who don't know. Yeah, and, and I think you know we're doing a foundations class right now, and you know six people that are in there, um, I think about six people in there said we're here because we want to talk about how to share our faith more with other people. The problem is all of our friends, all the people who we're around, really are Christians, mm-hmm. and that's where it takes strategy, like you're talking about. Um, to to be in um, hostile territory of sorts, you know what I mean. <laughs> like you've got, you've got to get away from Christian people, but you've got to be careful not to be pulled down by uh, non-Christian people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
It's a challenge. It's a, it's a, it it's is. Balance. You know, I mean, I had this conversation with Maddie six years ago when he was hired. He told me, he said, you know, I like to play outside music as well and use that as an opportunity to meet people and things like that. And I said, well, as far as I'm concerned, that's a prerequisite for you being on staff here is I want you to do that because if you're only doing that here, then we're not reaching any. Yeah. You don't have any connection, any networking that's going on outside of the church realm, and that's yeah. not healthy. We need to do that. And, and, and you know, quite honestly, I'm sure we do that probably a little bit more radically than maybe some other churches in the area, which is probably why we've been criticized a little bit. But, and that's okay. Um, you know, Jesus was criticized for who he hung out with, too. So, you know, that's part of it. And beware when all men speak well of you kind mm-hmm. of thing. But, but, you, but it is dangerous, too, that you have to be strong enough and solid enough in what you believe to be able to handle that yeah. environment or that situation. Yeah, and, you know, you sur- in my experience, I've always surrounded myself with people who are like-minded. My my band has to be right, a the certain core like-minded group. Yeah. because we keep each other in check. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if you know, there's a lot of things that can happen. Like for instance, when you play a bar, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy things that can happen. There's there's ladies that come up yeah. to you. There's uh, there's there's people that are you You're know a rock star. There's people that are <laughs> that are wasted, and you know, there's a yeah. physical element that you got to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, there's just so many things that can happen. But if you have, like, a good couple of guys that are just, like, around you, mm-hmm. then they help you strike up conversations with the with the people that you want to kind of engage with and the people that can actually understand what's happening. Like, uh, that's one of the best environments to tell stories in is a bar. And usually the stories that I tell have a hope element, and that leads me to be able to talk about where that hope comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the the deepest theological faith based conversations I've ever had were in uh, some guys sitting in a green room and at, at the end of a show and then oh. being like so so you're a Christian and you you play music in bars tell me how that works <laughs> and then that I didn't have to open that door it was, it was just, just it was abundant there. you know yeah. like we just held ourselves a little bit different and they noticed and they asked mm-hmm. you, you know one of the dangers I think for some people is. They said, well, I want to get into, you know, air quotes here, evangelism. I want to, right. I want to get into that. And so, and so they'll jump in to the deep end, yeah. uh, which is kind of a dangerous place. I mean, I'm thinking of a, a of a group of uh, guys that I know that, uh, or people, not guys, but people I know. And they, they said, we want to, we want to really make a difference in our, in our community. And so we're going to start reaching out to uh, strippers and strip clubs. Now there's a place for that. Right, uh, yes. but to jump in and like that's where I'm going to start is maybe not the wisest thing, especially in my opinion. If you're a guy, you probably need to stay away entirely, right? But they'll jump in and they'll say, "Okay, we're going to go into," or I'm going to walk out of the room and I'm going to go down to you know a shady part of town and just start talking to people about Jesus again. That's kind of use a little bit of wisdom as to how we do that. Sometimes the best thing, you know, it's just through relationships. Like for me, yeah. uh, I I hate shopping. Like I hate going to the store. I am in and out type of guy. But I've found because I have a low uh, uh, exposure to non Christian people, um, I I've made a point to try to go slowly to shop when I go in stores. I'll like I'll 
be looking for people to 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 speak to and just talk to and strike up conversation about silly stuff. I, w- I was looking for kosher salt a couple of weeks ago, and um, uh, I couldn't find it at Walmart. And so I asked the person, I and, and she said, you know, somebody else just asked about kosher salt. So then that kind of perked my ears up. Well, who else is looking for kosher salt? And so then I see the guy, and, you know, we kind of talk a little bit. Well, what are you getting kosher salt for? And so we talk back and forth about that. And then I found it. And I was like, hey, man, I found it. And so like, we were able to just kind of mesh a little bit. You know, I think that's kind of where, for me, that's it's kind of where it starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be like able I to said, introduce you, yourself you, to people and, and just be kind and a good neighbor. And sometimes being a good neighbor, a good it just leads to opportunities, yeah, you know, that you, and you wouldn't, sometimes you don't even see it coming. It's just yeah. like all of a sudden that opportunity is abundantly right there. You, you know, my, my buddy Dan, who visited with us a couple of years ago, he's the guy from China. Um, he, he shared this with me um, when it comes to like Walmart, for example. He said uh, they were traveling from, from Knoxville up here and they had to stop because they were having issues with their truck. And so it had to cool down. So they have a couple hours to hang out at Walmart. And so the kids were taking a nap. His wife was taking a nap. He said, I'm going to go into Walmart. And he went and he sat down on the bench and he said, God, just kind of open doors for me. And that's kind of how it started. And he said he ended up being there for three or four hours. He had left his phone in the truck. And so the kids woke up and the wife woke up and they're like, you know, where's Dan? Where's dad? You know? And he was inside and he, he said he probably talked to 15, 20 people and had really long, good substance conversations with people just because he said god just help me see people Mm -hmm. bring opportunities to me and i'm convinced that when we have that prayer and we're looking for those opportunities they're there (laughs) sometimes we're just too busy to pay attention i've used covid as a door opener Uh, i've been in many checkout lines and uh commented on people's mask or lack thereof or whatever and make just just ingest you know and we're standing there we're captive audience for 15 minutes waiting in a line right so you know i've had a lot of conversations with that i think we make a mistake by telling people who they're not versus who they are and what i mean by that is is this is that we've been guilty in the past of telling people where they lack Uh i like the opposite angle of trying to tell i will say things like well man i bet god's got good plans in store for you for the future Uh yeah yeah, that's good. And just let that resonate. Yeah, and then that's if, a lot and, better than I, you I'm know, pretty sure you're a dirty center. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is not the normal angle yeah. that most people. But get. but I I do think that 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 strikes something in yeah. people. Sure, I'm oh, valued. Yeah. God's yeah, got a plan for my life. What? Yeah. You know, because that is so opposite of what everybody hears today. That's right. Yeah. I just did that again yesterday. I was in a line and <laughs> this guy had a mask on and it said crudely kiss my mask and i said dude i i think you're all right looking guy but i ain't kissing your mask <laughs> and that's all it took and he started engaging me in this conversation he's talking about work and he happened to work in the same field where i had a funeral for a guy this week so i was talking about hey man be careful and i said be careful because i'm sure god's got something good in store for you you need mm-hmm. to take care of yourself that's all it took yeah. and we started this conversation and we had it for five ten minutes he said man have a great day see you you know that's it Sometimes it's just about having the right eyes. It is. For opportunities. Yeah. Percept- perception in that, seeing the opportunity, taking advantage of it. Well, I, I hope that we can, you know, encourage our, each other and our listener to have those eyes, to, to be looking for the just one that might cross our path. 
We never know when it might be, right? Mm. So let's have eyes for that. Uh, listener, thanks for listening to us today. Uh, join us again this weekend for our services, uh, Sunday morning at 945, 1115, and 530 p.m. Woot, woot. This is John and Matt and Sammy and Courtney signing off from Studio 1A in Podcast Plaza. Adios. Bye. Peace. <laughs>